Hello, my name's Andy and I'm joined by my colleague Steve. Hello. And this is the first episode of Bang Bang. That's the name really, isn't it? Bang Bang Podcast. Well, I mean, Bang Bang Podcast, but yeah. I mean, if you're looking for us on Twitter, it'll be at Bang Bang Podcast. You've already bored people to death. (laughs) Um... So what I mean, what are we what are we here for? What what why? <laughs> that's, that's a very that's, uh, good question. Yeah, yeah, that is that. Yeah, that's what we're going to cover on this first episode. <laughs> it's quite an existential podcast. No, we're here basically. Uh, we're two. Um, I'm approaching middle age. Steve's approaching sailing through approaching the, the end of middle age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, blokes from Bristol, in in England. Um, and we've come together. We've got. We've always had a mutual like for wrestling. We've I been suppose. mates for about twenty years. Yeah. And we um, we both like wrestling, so we yeah. decided to do something mm. to keep us up, keep us off the streets, really. But I've been told today apparently that it's fake wrestling. It's not real. So uh, that's why I don't want to break a, that to you. What a, at this point, what a downer. I know. I know. I, I, All those real technical science wizard wrestlers, like the Ultimate Warrior, the Warlord. Yeah. That you mean they're not real? No, no, apparently not. No, no. Outrageous. So, if that is a spoiler for anyone, this this listening to this, but um, Don Jardine, the spoiler. Yeah, I did. I did make a point of this on on the internet the other day that you know most. TV programs aren't actually apart from reality programs, which aren't actually probably real. Made anyway, in Chelsea is technically a reality program, but that's as about as real as yeah, uh, yeah. as Father Christmas. I did said that I, the example I used was you do realise that people in the Sopranos aren't actually, aren't actually gangsters, but then actually it turned out that Quite probably fifty percent of people in yeah, the Sopranos yeah. were gangsters. So it was a bad analogy, but yeah, but that's what we're that's what we're here for really. We're gonna each week we're gonna talk about a particular. Um, they're legend. Wrestlers. They're called wrestlers. They're called wrestlers. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but each week we're going to talk about a particular legend of wrestling um, that we both, or one of us, has got a, an interest in, or admired, or uh, that kind of thing. Have has had vague sexual thoughts. About. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah. Uh, we're both. Um, There'll be a bit of general bollocks chucked in as well. Yeah, know, yeah. Really. Um, we live in today, so it will creep in occasionally, but yeah. we like to live in the past when wrestling was wrestling. Yeah. So, um, we've not really done much of any note in the past. I was on a... Uh, in the mid-2000s, I was on a reality programme based around hospitals, which was shown on a minor UK... Uh, TV satellite channel. Andrew um, Andrew played the Minister for Health. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you I, you might have briefly seen me in the background of that. Um, I I'm trying to think when I was on TV before I was on uh, when Paul Nicholson beat Phil Taylor at the uh, UK Open darts at Bolton. Um, going back in the oh, I must have been sort of two thousand and. 11, 12, um, when Paul Nicholson won, you might be able to see me running to the front of the stage to get to the barrier to celebrate. Apart from that, I don't really think I've ever been on TV very often. No, no, you can you can see from that 
glorious resume that um, Andy does not pay any union acting. No, no. I've got a very Jeez. my IMDb page is very very slim. It's sparse, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he's done nothing. I berate him for doing nothing at work um, and going nowhere at work when he's much better than that. Um, oh, he's turned a big light on now. Yeah, the light's Spoiled the atmosphere so chronic now, and I've done a bit. My background is the music industry, been in bands, been sound engineering, I've produced stuff, I've made a record label, but to no real great financial gain or notoriety. Mm. Well, uh, I did actually, I managed a, a rock band in the, well, rock in the loosest sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I managed in the loosest sense as well, really. In yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were just, uh, you, you were walking past the pub at the wrong time. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's us, really. Uh, so yeah, so should we get to Crack what on. actually people might be expecting to hear or want to listen to? Yeah. So, uh, the first wrestler we're going to cover is, well basically he's one of the reasons we named the podcast why we named the podcast. We're well, searching for names of... The actual reason we named the podcast. Well, yeah, yeah, really. So obviously the first legend that we're going to talk about um, is Mick Foley in his many guises. Yeah, yeah. So what, we, uh, what we'll what try and do is um, we'll really just run through his career. It, this is probably going to be a, a two-parter because he's done a lot. Because we, we ramble and we do ramble. go off on the tangent. We do ramble, yeah. You might, you, that might become clear already. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. probably but we'll, try and, we'll try and stick to, stick to the path as much as possible. Um, Do not stray from the path. I fell miserably. So, one of the things I like to do is look at wrestlers' actual real names and compare them to the names they actually took as wrestlers. And if they would have been good names for wrestlers originally. So in this case... It's the Mick name Foley used at the end. So Mick Foley was... was called Michael Francis Foley. He was yeah. born... born 7th of June 1965, so he's a couple of months older than me. Oh, yeah. Um, although I I can walk without a limp better than him. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's one thing you can do. Um, so would you like to know some other notable people born on the June the 7th? Go on then, surprise me with your trivia. Well... He said, really interestedly. Everyone's favourite little purple pop star, who's dead... Elvis. No. <laughs> uh, Prince. Oh, Prince Elvis. Uh, everyone's famous uh, dictator from the 80s, from Libya. Hitler. No. Uh, Colonel Gaddafi. General Franco. No, no. Um, Muammar Gaddafi. Uh, Paddy McAloon. Is that a prefab sprout, isn't it? It is prefab sprout, yeah. yeah. Nobody knows them anymore. No. Um, um, only because it was in the depths of my aged brain that I even dragged that out. Yeah, so yeah. You're impressing no one. Thank you very much. No problem. Uh, Dean Martin. Yeah, that's Amore. And um, somebody who my auntie, uh, she's, she's not with us anymore, she's dead, but she professed to uh, throw in her knickers at this man on stage in Bristol back in the 60s. Tom? 
<laughs> Tom Jones. Yeah, Tom. Not going to go that feeling. <laughs> Tom yeah, Jones. Yeah. Uh, I threw my pants. <laughs> Good I don't think he played Bristol on his. Uh... Yeah, he was in the coast in the hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrestled uh, Big Daddy in, in the seventies. Yeah. Kendo Nagasaki <laughs> tag team. <didn't laughs> yeah. It? So yeah, so yeah. Uh, so Mick Foley. He talked. Um, he was born in New York, but as you know, that's a lie. He was born in Indiana, moved to New York at an early age, um, and then he was a. Um, a classmate of Kevin James. Kevin James. Qu- Kevin Queen. James. Uh, we now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Have you seen that? Oh, for God's yeah. sake. <laughs> He's a, uh, <laughs> he has not made a decent film. At all. If, if uh, Paul Blart. Yeah, and, and, yeah, I knew that was going to come yeah. up. That's the biggest piece of shit I've ever yeah, seen in my entire um, life. So, yeah. Uh, and that's the end of part one. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, so Mick Foley, I think one of his, um, he's written a lot of books, done a lot of interviews, and in those he spoke about um, one of his first sort of inspirational moments in regards to wrestling was seeing um, Jimmy Fly, Jimmy, Jimmy Fly, Fly Super Snooker, <laughs> Jimmy Fly Super Snooker. Yeah, you can Super see the Fly. level of um, yeah. professionalism that goes into this podcast. Hitchhiked all the way from while he was at Cortland. State University to go to Madison Square Garden to see Jimmy Snook in a cage match against Magnificent Morocco, mm. um, and you can actually there, there's footage of him. You can see him in the crowd at that. The, the WWF at the time used quite a lot. Yeah, um, it's one of those events that a lot. It's a bit like the the Sex Pistols doing the. Um, their famous gig in Manchester. What you're te- you're trying to tell me now that you're liking that everybody in that audience went and enjoyed a band. So everybody, fifteen thousand people in Madison Square Gardens that watched that match ended up becoming a professional wrestler. You telling me that? No, 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 no. Well, don't. It's a bad analogy then. But there was a lot of people who who claimed to have actually been at that. You know, people claim to have been at that gig, don't they? That were there. There's a lot of other wrestlers who claim to claim to be at that um, MSG I've show. I've never heard anybody else claim to. Have be you not? There. No, no, no. Well, if you give me a second to get, <laughs> no, you give me a second to get never away, heard yeah, anybody yeah, yeah. else claim no. that. The well, only person I've ever heard to claim to be anywhere was bloody Edge at WrestleMania yeah. Six. That's about it. Yeah. Wrestlers don't watch wrestling, do they? No. Well, I didn't think so. There's Who a lot else of people claimed. I don't know. I'm actually written it down. So As Don Morocco claimed he was no. there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's evidence he was there. But if you're interested in that kind of thing, go and have a look because I couldn't be asked to write it down. Um, I'm not interested. No, okay. No. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to you know oh, them, the people out there. Oh, but nobody's going to listen to this. No, no. Well, that's hopefully not the way to start. <laughs> so, um, so you started training in Pennsylvania. Um, Dom Danucci. Yeah, the guy from. Um, Cannibal Run, then, then, uh, is that the, the guy from Danutz's Pizza. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Um, For pro- uh, a, I think he was a tag team okay. champion with Tony Gurria mm-hmm. in WWF, Dom Danucci. Yeah. Um, and he first appeared on TV doing some, you know, job kind of enhancement matches. He got his... In his first televised match, he got his jaw broken by Dynamite Kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good, um, a good start. 
Yeah. I, think the, I think the dynamite kid probably broke a few people's jaws, didn't he? Um, he was uh, notoriously quite stiff. Yeah, a, a notorious stiff, notorious ribber. We may do dynamite kid who passed away this year as well. Yeah, it was a bit of a sad sort of state of affairs. Um, he's actually going to be a he would be a good cautionary tale. Yeah. The Dynamite Kid. He well, also, both of them, really. He also um, had a televised job match against um, Hercules Hernandez, yeah. who we are looking to do. You might, you might hear more about episode. Hercules yeah. Hernandez in the coming weeks. If that, if that's not a invitation to subscribe and stick around for this oh, podcast, yeah. I don't know what is. Um, Quick, everybody! They're doing Hercules. <laughs> yeah, <next week>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So get on board now before it blows up in three weeks' time when uh, Hercules is spoken about. Um, and yeah, so yeah, he did a few sort of squash matches on TV. Yeah, and uh, then he moved to um, the independent circuit, including Bill Watts Mid South when it became um, Universal Wrestling Federation. Um, he also wrestled in Memphis and yeah. CWA. Um, wrestled as Cactus Jack Manson, mm. um, and he was part of the Stud Stable with um, the Tennessee Stud. Rob Fuller. Rob Fuller. And he held the held the Continental Wrestling Tag Team Championships with Gary Young in eighty eight. Um and then left for World Class Championship Wrestling where he really um started to get known. He was part of Scandor Akbar's Devastation Incorporated. Scandor Akbar, shouldn't we do do the Scandor Akbar at any point? Hmm? Do you think we'll do Skandar Akbar at any point? Or? Unlikely. No, no. Well, you never know if we run out. <laughs> we run out of people to do. Um, he won several titles while he was in World Class Championship Wrestling, including ludicrous as it might seem for anybody who knew him for his WWF one. He actually won the light heavyweight <laughs> championship yeah, yeah, yeah. and the tag team titles. Um, his last match in World Class Championship Wrestling was against a chap called. Eric Embry, who beat him in nine seconds. Um, and then after that, he went to Continental Wrestling in Alabama to rejoin Rob Fuller. Um, and then the sort of big time yeah. sort of beckoned. He well, so apparently it's, it's his first... He appeared at um, Clash of the Champions in his early days at WCW. Had a match with Mil Mascaras. Um, who was notorious for not selling and not putting anybody well, Mil over. Mil And Cactus Jack, as he was at the time, managed the feat of getting himself over yeah. in a match with Mil Mascaras, which before that was pretty much considered impossible. Um, one of the most selfish and conceited wrestlers <laughs> of all time, yeah. Mil Mascaras. Was Beloved in Mexico and within the business, um, people kept him at arm's length. He was very, very self-serving, which back in the day happened quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what Mil Mascaras translates into English? Um, thousand Masks. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Okay, I was just about to look it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay then. Um... Obviously, he lost that match against Mumascaras, but again, he was probably uh, at the time. And like you he's said, a jobber, he, yeah, he's a glorified jobber. Yeah, 
Went um, to Herb Abrams Universal Wrestling Federation, teamed with Bob Orton, um, Cowboy Bob Orton, to feud with Don Morocco, uh, a chap called Sunny Beach, and beat Sunny Brian Beach. Blair of the uh, Killer Bees yeah. notoriety. Um, then he really started getting on the map as an indie worker um, for Tri-State Wrestling, which was a precursor to what became, in effect, Extreme Championship mm. Wrestling. Tri-State, Joel Goodhart was the promoter in there, and he specialised in putting on yeah. um, matches that other promoters wouldn't... No, that's when he started tr- doing the more... Barbed extreme wire and extreme nasty-looking matches. Started, came in, mm. in Tri-State Wrestling. Two notable feuds while he was in Tri-State Wrestling, one with King Eddie Gilbert, um, and one that he was more known for an arrival we that actually ended up in extreme championship wrestling he had some really good matches with sabu mm-hmm. yeah falls count anywhere matches um stretcher matches steel cage matches um but basically he was his long term plan was to get into either World Championship Wrestling mm. and or the WWF uh, and in 1991 um, he managed to secure a contract with WCW full time yeah so his first kind of outing in WCW on his debut he, um, he attacked Sting big debut if you're going to sign him to go straight to go with the lead, lead as, we go, as we go through Whenever he's made debuts in places, he's generally been put with the top man straight away. So then yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. everyone who's ever booked him has always... Because again, at that age, he was still quite young. To go straight in and get put with um, put with Sting straight away. I think the, the, the differentness of his character at the time uh, and the fact that although he seemed quite unorthodox... Mm. The people in the know obviously knew he could wrestle. He has always seemed to have had a really good grasp of the psychology yeah. of the sport and doing things for the right reasons. Um, and I think for that reason, um, important people like Booker's Jim Cornette and Jim Ross and Kevin Sullivan yeah. sort of automatically liked him. See, you also had some, him. yeah, he had some, uh, some uh, not long after he arrived, you also had some feuds with a couple of other legends of wrestling. Um, Van Hammer, who was, how would you describe Van Hammer's? A dick. A dick. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a role he was born to play. A false heavy metaler who convinced no one, jacked up bodybuilder type, um... Well, this was still this was the early nineties where people had most wrestlers had a steroid habit. Uh, well, yeah, I wasn't. I was. I wasn't exactly what I was going for. But a lot of wrestlers had a had a gimmick. Had a you know, people were rock players. Um, rock players. Yeah, rock rock paper scissors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, rock Hammer stars was, was a rock paper scissors. Yeah. yeah. Player. Yeah, it never got over, did it? The, no, no, no. It, it, it no. was about as over as my And uh, also, I've done the butcher as well. 
who's um, notorious guy. We might, we might, we might do Abdullah the Butcher at some point. Yeah, I'd like to find out a little bit more about stuff like that. Yeah, he's got he's got a very impressive head. Speaking of someone, I mean, I've got a you've got a massive. I've got a massive head. Abdullah the Butcher's head's impressive in a different way. It's full of cuts and and rivets, rivules in his forehead. Apparently, as legend has said, Mm. when he 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 liked casinos, Mm. um, and he would store chips in his forehead to pull out at times. Um, It's a thing to be. But we're talking to the converted. If you're a wrestling fan, you will know Abdullah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you also might know about his uh, singing career as well. Who, Abdullah the Butcher? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah. We need to do him then, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, um, Feud with Abdullah the Butcher, uh, his first big pay-per-view in WCW, he would take it on Sting. Yeah, Beach Blast 92. Was the first one. False Count Anywhere match. Yeah. And, um, to be honest, and during this run, that he first captured, uh, captured the... Uh, Imagination of people with his catchphrase "bang bang," which is where we got our podcast name from, and his um, and his choice. So if you think it's crap, blame him, not me. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll but take... to be honest, I didn't have any bloody ideas, so we just went with it. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll take the blame for that. Yeah, please do. Um, so I mean, not long after that, he came, we came went into a feud with um, Paul Orndorff. People inadvertently got into his character, and there was a slow face turn without, which would become the norm for him over. Because if he stayed anywhere long enough, he always entered as a bad guy, and always left as a good guy. Um, I think that pays testament to his believability of his character and the innate likability of his character. Yeah. Because he wasn't afraid to show a vulnerable side, um, which I think you need to show if you're going to get the psychology of the stuff done properly. Uh, You have to have more facets than just hmm. being a monster heel and he played that part perfectly and invariably it led to without any obvious turn by the booking committee and the writers it, he he ended up being a fan favourite yeah, um, yeah. I think a lot because, of the moves he did as well just got him, got him over with the crowd and yeah um, but yeah so he um, after the feud with Orndorff he um he basically yeah he became a face and then ended up having a big feud with um with Vader yeah uh, which was the, the start of their quite storied rivalry for WCW and some of the independent days as well um they had some proper proper brutal matches he had a reputation big van vader as being pretty stiff in the ring and cactus jack had a reputation for letting people be stiff with him in the cause of believability. Um, first wrestled Big Van Vader in 1993, winning by count-out, but Vader pretty much beat him up the whole time. 
Um, a rematch with Vader got the infamous power bomb onto the concrete mm-hmm. floor. Yeah. Um, that if you've read his book or have had any interviews with him, is is quite storied. Um, his manager at the time, Harley Race, pulled the protective mats back and he power bombed him on the floor. Um, Caused in a legitimate concussion mm. and temporarily lose sensation in his left yeah, foot. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Um, but it turned this into a particularly ropey angle afterwards, given in the gimmick where he'd. Um, yeah, he went off and lost his he, memory. He was <laughs> the amnesia angle, <laughs> yeah, which led yeah. to yeah. some of the crappiest yeah. television. He came back as, the, the, as a sea captain. Yeah. Um, when they actually found him, because it was the search for Cactus Jack. Yeah. They had somebody play his wife. Um, somebody quite frumpy and dowdy to play his wife, when in real life he was married to a model. Right. How fuck that happened, I have no idea. No, but no. If you've watched Holy Foley on the WWE Network, she's barking mad as well. So um, there's probably some connection there. Yeah. But no, if mean, you ever get the chance to go onto YouTube yeah. and find out those vignettes mm. from Cactus Jack and um, Amnesia story, um, well, I'm a nice Tony Schiavone as at uh, his hammy oh, best. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I'm a nice person, so I'll probably put some links up to these kind of things. Uh, uh, subscribe to the Twitter account at Bad Bang Podcast. Yeah, follow and, us on Twitter, and, and he will be nice to you again if if you want. A lot of people who listen to this might already be aware of this stuff or might have already seen it, but if not, I should imagine. Then, I should imagine you know, we're not talking. We're not talking anything new to anybody that loves wrestling as much as we do. No, but we're we're hoping to um, annoy the casual fan. Yeah, yeah. When we were, uh, you know, speaking for myself, I'm fairly competent at annoying people. So we will see. Yeah, we we will see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so after this ridiculous concussion angle played out, um, they had a, a Texas death match at Halloween, Halloween Havoc. Havoc. Um, 1993? But that was, again, that was ridiculously brutal again, apparently. Strangely enough, I got that summer that I was watching on the network. Was um, in that in that, the um, Chamber of a month, yeah, for all the wrestling basically. Yeah, I was watching Halloween Havoc, and I've not got as far as that match. I've sort of got bored, and I went. I think I went to um, road trip, and then take yeah. for three, and and just got sidetracked. But I'm going back to it, kids. Yeah. Um. And apparently, after that, the match, the the match at Halloween Havoc, um, certain people in WCW refused to ever book him again. I booked him and Vader again on pay per view because it was just just the level of violence was yeah. was was a bit much for the Jim Hurd era when they were trying to pretty much um, imitate the WWF. Yeah. Um, it was the era of the Ding Dongs. Ding Dongs. Um, Norman and the, the Lunatic. The, yeah, trying um, to get Ric Flair to Spartacus. cut his hair and change his name to Spartacus. Yeah, which was <laughs> yeah. Jim Jim Hurd basically sold pizzas, um, yeah. and he was put in charge of a wrestling company when 
when he sh should never have been let near any wrestling product at all. Um, and basically, the Jim Hurd era is why they they lost so much ground to the WWF at the time. It took all that time to get it back, and it was pretty much the fluke of the NWO getting over immediately. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, well before it destroyed everything, but it took them it took them all that time to get it back. Yeah, but with people like Van Hammer on the card, I, don't see, I can't see why they fell. To be honest, well, no, the the Van Hammer, why he wasn't the longest reigning WCW yeah. World Heavyweight Champion of all mm. time, um, in such lucrative feuds against people like Ice Train, mm -hmm. um, PN News, PN News. Um, Max Payne, yeah, all Johnny yeah. B. Bad. All, all the greats of wrestling that were in WCW at that time. But as far as I know, he's still undefeated at Rock, Paper, Scissors. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, and, and at the end of the day, that's what you, that's mm. Van Hammer's legacy. Is he dead, Van Hammer? Should be, but he's not. <laughs> I don't think he is. I'm not sure. I have to, I have to um, already, we're only, ha what, early in, I have to... Um, Make a correction from earlier on. What's that? About Abdullah the Butcher's singing career. Yeah. It's not, it's uh, Kamala. Oh, so you're full of shit then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that surprises me. Kamala's got a nice, I, I'm not sure, I know if if Abdullah the Butcher or any of his friends or family are listening and he, he is got a lovely singing voice. To be know? honest, I bought Abdullah the Butcher's album. Yeah. Um, 20 Golden Greats. Yeah. And to be fair, if you put his head right on the on the, the grooves in his head, yeah, yeah. you can you probably, probably you can probably, 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 yeah, probably get there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I was getting confused. Yeah, um, yeah. So again, at this time, where and Vader were being particularly brutal, they um, quite caught a famous night on a on a European tour, which ended up with Foley losing a part of his body. In oh the my match. God! I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I've never actually seen it. Have you seen? Have you seen the, the footage from? Is, yes, it, is it available? Is the um, footage available? It was. It's well documented what happened. It was. Sort of, in the book, and I don't think all this um, footage had come to light. Cactus Jack went and did a spot where he did what's called a hangman drop, um, where he managed to spin hit the ropes and spin out of the ropes where his head would then be caught in between the ropes up um and he'd be hanging there yeah and then because the german road crew weren't a wrestling crew they were a rock band crew they yeah. over tightened the ropes which are unlike the wwf who actually use ropes they used um steel cable with um like a, a a padded surround yeah over tighten them and he managed to pull himself out with the help of the referee and one of the ring thing mick foley in his book said that's where the ear came off mm. um and that's probably where the ear Mostly became detached. Yeah, there's but different, there's there different is footage that I have seen. Yeah, on 
the network. Yeah. That um, when he got back into the ring, mm. he had his ear, mm. and then Big Van Vader hit him a couple of times yeah. with with forearms. And you can see the ear coming off. Yeah. And you can actually see the referee come and pick it up off the <laughs> yeah. floor in the ring. Yeah. So, yeah. Legend had. Now. That's quite impressive to lose an ear. It is. Um, and sadly passed away now, Big Van Vader. Mm. Um, before he passed away, he was quizzed about it and shown the footage, and it was like, well, I guess I actually did. Rip his ear off. Rip his ear off. So yeah. it, it, it's convincing footage. Yeah. Wrestling is fake though. So No, 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 no. no. It's still real to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, well. So yeah, so yeah, so the uh, he carried on there without so he, apparently he was uh, supposed to um have a match soon after. And he was given the option of he had a tag title match and he, him and Kevin Sullivan were due to win the tag titles apparently and he's given the option you can pull out the match and have your ear sewn back on or go through with the match without your ear attached he chose to do that and have the match for Sullivan to win the tag titles yeah um, before getting his ear reattached which is I mean that's clear have you seen, have you, the seen the, have, have you seen the, the, the surgery they did at the time they did a tiny ear yeah. Um, and he's not had it done since, so he well, obviously... Yeah, he's not a chap that... I his think ears phrase, aren't really going to make a lot of difference. As a I, I, think, anyway. I think the phrase, don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And when he had these tag title belts, I think they must have been doing some sort of talent exchange kind of thing with ECW at the time. Extreme Championship Wrestling. Yeah. Um, went to Extreme Championship Wrestling... And got into a load of shit with um, WCW booking committee and Ric Flair in particular when during a promo to put forward the fact that although he was proud to be the World Championship Wrestling Tag Team Champion, his loss to Sabu um, meant more to him than the tag team championship, and he actually spat on the world championship yeah. wrestling tag team belts to make the point that this was really the tag team championships were really important to him, but he hated losing to Sabu more. Um, Ric Flair didn't like that, um, but that went down really well with ECW fans, yeah. Um, and to be honest, after that, he was pretty much done in WCW, and it led to him. Not being fired, but um, they didn't renew his contract. No. And he joined um, Extreme Championship Wrestling mm. for two years. Uh, it was when he joined, actually, it was Eastern Championship Wrestling. Um, and he was Sabu's partner. Um, around the time it changed to Extreme Championship Wrestling. Um, and then... Feuded with Sabu. Um, yeah, apparently he, he worked. Uh, he did some work in Japan as well. Yeah, yeah. In the round of time, um, also had a big feud with the Sandman, and then he teamed up with Tommy Dreamer quite a bit. He also teamed up with Terry Funk. Yeah, and that's where they started their friendship. Um, Mikey Whipwreck, 
um, ECW's whipping post, uh, yeah. and he actually won the tag team titles against the Eliminators, Perry Saturn and John Cronus. Um, a brilliant, brilliant promo after that, where yeah. he said that um, he, Mikey really liked it, um, and Mikey Whitmer just, just turned around and just went, "Oh my God, they're gonna <laughs> kill me!" Huh. Yeah, again, most of his stuff is available on the on the network, or it is again. Um, look on YouTube; you can find most of it there. Yeah, if you um, don't want to pay nine ninety nine a month to Vince McMahon, no, and make him no. slightly richer. Yeah, um, it's yeah. all on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't deserve the money, does he? Really. Not at the moment. Not at the moment. No, no, no. Raw and Smackdown. Oh. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, so the big feud with the Sandman is another. He'd be cut the the what quite famous promo now, which is the the Kane Dewey promo, where he said he, he uh, at the time when he was teaming with um, Tommy Dreamer. Um, turned against Tommy Dreamer after yeah, that yeah. promo. Well, after that, yeah, and that's when he started. Be, be doing, being like the anti-extreme wrestler and turning against the fans who were, again, probably in, enjoying his violent style of wrestling and encouraging him to be more violent. Uh, and via this promo, he basically turned against... Uh, turns against to ECW get ECW over fans. with... To, yeah. to go against the ECW fans, he did some of the greatest promos known to man. Um, such passion. He turned against Tommy Dreamer because he wanted Tommy Dreamer to stop being hardcore and yeah. go and make some money and go to WCW, who yeah. more than the WWF, the ECW fans hated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he pitched it perfectly. And then his matches... Um, he refused to do anything resembling hardcore yeah. anything. Um, went to headlocks, went to rest holds, refused to do any tease doing something hardcore and then not do anything no, hardcore. No, no. That whole thing is just the work of genius. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many points in his career where, again, things like this, which is, is groundbreaking... And like you said, it's genius. Um, I managed to, to to again to change change his personality almost, and then and to start wrestling. In a, it's like how are you gonna? You got a guy who is so perfectly suited to ECW, who wrestles in an extreme way. How are you gonna get the crowd? It's it's a challenge for all guys that are massively over faces or heels. Is how are you actually going to get the crowd to boo you? And this is the paradox. Because of the way people view ECW and the way the fans view ECW, this was the only time he came in as a fan favourite yeah. and went out as a heel. Yeah. Which, there's, there's only, to there's, do there's, that yeah. There's, there's the very few guys, I think, in, in, in wrestling history that are able to, to do both and to get themselves. So I'd say probably... Jericho is the same. Jericho can yeah. get himself over naturally as a face, but he can also make himself into a proper heel where he's being booed. I mean, you've got a lot of heels now that are just cheered, aren't they? Yeah. He, you know? he, it's he difficult can... to be a heel and to actually be over and get booed. 
And he's doing a fantastic job in all petite wrestling. At the yeah, moment. well, let's not get onto that. Um, yeah, so yeah, as he went through his run in ECW, say he started doing this where he was anti extreme and then pushing how great WWF and WCW okay. was. Okay. And, how, <laughs> and how everybody should move to. To WWF and WCW. But the underlying thing at the time was there was talent raid. Yeah. For people like Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, um, that mild minor janitor and non-murderer. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so yeah, he um, apparently he, uh, he I think he said in his book that he he um, yeah, he did that basically to to piss the fans off, and it worked. To, to it, was so, it was something different he needed to get under the skin of the fans to be he wanted to be a heel there yeah. um, and his logic and how he explained it is help me get to grips with certain mindset of why people do things they do to get over in, in wrestling yeah. is that no matter how ludicrous How ludicrous the reason that you want to get somebody into a feud or be hated by the fans. You have to convince yourself that you're doing it for the right reasons. So if you're trying to get over, you need to have the conviction of why you're trying to do what you're trying to do to piss people off. Yeah. That side of the psychology of wrestling, that explanation opened. It was just. It was just. Yeah. Ah, it was like an Einstein moment for me. It was like this is why people do what they do. Don't don't get everything straight away. Why people do what they do, but if you've got strength of convictions in it, then yeah. people are gonna gravitate yeah. towards. Either liking you or hating you, if they think you believe a hundred percent what you're doing is right, but that's Which always yeah. And still, even now today, that stands, and I think that's there's that not that many people that are capable of doing that in a believable way and putting it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So that's why guys like Foley are, uh, you know, they're an original and they're they're quite unique. You can you can count the re- the the people that could do that sort of thing. Certainly, in our era of of wrestling, on one hand, Foley, yeah. Flair, Flair. I I, I see. But Flair never really didn't really change his. I don't think Flair was ever really believable as a face. Really. No, no, no. He was always a heel. He was always a heel. And but he, he, he had face. He runs. would. He would go. He he would turn a face by yeah. mistake, but then he'd grab it back by yeah. doing the right thing. And turn in heel again. I think the guys that can do both, I'd say Punk. Punk was one. He could do... Yeah. He could do both. Jericho. Um, I'd never really... I mean, once Edge became a major star, I never really found him believable as a face. Before he became like, sort of world champion. Like when he was with, with uh, Christian... I mean, he was, but then when he, but then when he became world champion, he, I never. He really was better him. as a heel. Yeah, I mean, most um, people are. But that's Chris, that is Christian the... was better as a face, although yeah. he wanted to be a heel. Yeah. Um, Punk could go between the two yeah. because he was so good at what he did, promo wise. Yeah. Which is the same as Mick Foley, who was the same 
you could go between the two. Um, I suppose. I, I mean, even like Roll- Seth Rollins these days, he's, he's a I, not I, a particularly likable face, is he? Really? I I think he's confused. Seth, yeah. he's a whole different thing. Um, and then people who can't be that just look. Ric Flair was awkward as a, a face. Yeah. That I think the only equivalent of somebody who is is as awkward as a face as Ric Flair would be Randy Orton. Yeah, yeah. He's a he just he's a natural no. dickhead. Isn't yeah. He? Um, and he plays that role really well. Yeah. Because there is a lot of from what we are led to believe by, yeah. by story, yeah. Yeah. there is a lot of it's that. It's not that far away from real, his actual personality. Yeah. yeah, but he. Yeah. I don't think he feels happy as a. As no, a it face. must be difficult. It must be a lot easier to go around being a dick all the time. I know it is. <laughs> and yeah, and, yeah. And well, I, I, and I would agree honest. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah. After doing it again, eventually he. After spending all this time pushing out great WWE, was he eventually got his move to, to WWE. Um, on the back of Jim Ross going over and Jim Ross and Jim Cornette being big yeah. advocates of him, um, The Undertaker was in need of a new programme yeah. and they brought him over, which in the grand scheme of Bang Bang Podcast yeah. leaves us nicely to try and end this first episode yeah. and we will talk about Mick Foley's WWF years in yeah. part two yeah. of episode one. Yeah. So we hope you've enjoyed I mean or enjoyed one of the one of enjoyed. the two. Enjoyed. Yeah. Enjoyed and, and, and hopefully enjoyed um, the first episode of Bang Bang Podcast. Um, basically it's two mates meeting up once a week to drink and talk about something they love um, yeah I mean we'd be doing this generally anyway but we thought we'd just yeah, record yeah, yeah. it we, we, we just annoy you lot with it as well so yeah. if you like it you like it if you don't you don't um, either way tell us what you think about it on at yeah. bang bang podcast on twitter um I'll probably set up a Facebook page because I'm more of a Facebook guy. Yeah. Um, and again, if if you want any any suggestions for the future, to anybody you, you know you might suggest that we would cover that kind of thing, we'll probably ignore you. Probably ignore them. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So that's this week. Um, we'll be back next week with the second part of Mick Foley, and um, yeah, we'll see you then. If you liked it, you liked it. If you don't. Thank you for the (laughs) fun. Cheers.